Whoops. Thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. It is 8 p.m. here in Ontario, Canada. This is the 13th of January, Thursday. Canadian truckers not exempt from mandatory vaccines. Thank you for joining me this evening. Thank you for joining me this evening, ladies and gentlemen. There it is, 8 p.m. Sorry about the start of the the episode here. It's live. Shit happens. Now, earlier today, there was an announcement made, you know, with um, Ontario or Canadian, not just Ontario truckers, but all Canadian truckers, would be exempt when returning from the United States back into Canada of the vaccines, not have to show proof. That is not the case. How that information came out, who leaked it out, I have no idea. But, you know, the Canadian federal government got on that right away and said, no, 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 Canadian truckers not exempt from the mandatory vaccines returning back from the United States. They're going forward with this starting this Saturday. January the 15th. This has been put in place for months on end. Now, for American truckers who cross into Canada on a daily basis will also have to be fully vaccinated to cross into Canada. or you will be turned away. Now, the federal government, like I said, says the vaccine mandate for truckers crossing into Canada from the United States will come into effect this Saturday as planned. Despite a previous statement from the Canadian Border Services agencies that said that Canadian truck drivers would be exempt. Not the case. Now, the, the, uh, the health minister and along with the transport and, and public safety ministers said the CBSA statement from Wednesday evening was provided in error and the Canadian truckers must be vaccinated if they want to avoid quarantine and pre-arrival monitor testing starting this weekend. That's not changed. 
and the unvaccinated American big riggers will be turned back at the border beginning on January the 15th, the minister said, with the U.S. preparing to impose similar restrictions on Canadian truckers on January 22nd. So Canadian truckers starting on January 22nd will have to show proof of vaccination in order to cross into the United States or they too will be returned back to Canada. Now, up to 26,000 of the 160,000 drivers who make regular cross-border trips will be sidelined as a result of the mandate, adding further bottlenecks and potential price hikes to the flow of goods ranging from products to auto parts and medical devices as the Canadian Trucking Alliance. All our necessities. Everything is going to be affected. Now, this today's reversal by the Trudeau government will only make Canada's cost of living crisis even worse by driving the price of basic essentials like groceries up as well. Now, here is a big number for a lot of people. Some 30,000 trucks roll across the border each day. Each day. Hauling nearly 850 million in freight, according to the 2020 figures from the U.S. Bureau of Transportation. Teamsters Canada, which represents 15,000 truckers in Canada, says the logistic chain is already missing tens of thousands of drivers due to poor working conditions. And it's not because of poor working conditions. I don't even know why this person, this Teamster Canada, is not due to poor working conditions. We've had a shortage of drivers in this country for decades. And it's not because poor working conditions, unless you work for a shit company that has poor working conditions. I'm not even going to, you know, I can't even (laughs) understand why somebody would actually even say that. Now, blaming professional drivers is not the answer. You know, it's the labor shortage. It's the primary response, not the, not the pandemic, uh, uh, you know, and, and its impact. It is the labor shortage that is the primary responsible. And it is the pandemic and it is the impact of the pandemic. <clears throat> Excuse me, when we're coming to shortages of drivers. We're in all areas across the workforce. Everywhere we look around, we have shortage of workers everywhere. Now, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Canadian truckers who are unvaccinated or partially vaccinated will need to undergo a 14-day quarantine. They will also need to meet requirements for pre-entry, arrival, and day eight testing. And the Arrive Can app 
or the web portal remains the only way to submit vaccination information, including for American truckers starting Saturday. The Border Services Agency said in an email statement. So not only you're going to have to do that, you're going to have that proof in your hands as well. And it better be legit. And further proof of vaccination be, may be required at the border. Documentation that you're vaccinated. You have the QR code on your phone showing that you're vaccinated. Two or more vaccines. Nothing is going to change when it comes to vaccination. The government has made it mandatory for all essential workers that has been crossing the borders back and forth, even when the borders were shuttered to the general population, truck drivers and essential workers were allowed to freely cross the international border, international borders between Canada and the United States. That is going to stop. All essential workers, including truck drivers, will have to be fully vaccinated in order to continue to cross the land borders. Period. Mandatory. Just like businesses, corporations, making it mandatory for their workers in the workplace to be fully vaccinated. Truckers are not exempt. And I cannot support, I cannot support the unvaccinated. I cannot. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Get right down to the bottom where I want to be here. And we're going to find it. Where did it go here? I had it up just like a couple a couple uh, of minutes ago. It's on here because I was just reading it. Now, one in particular is that the hospital and hospitals across here in Ontario and Canada. How you doing? Thank you for joining me this evening. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Uh, now, before you came out here, there were um, some errors made. Um by the uh, Canadian Border Services um, said that Canadian truck drivers would be exempt from the vaccine mandates coming back into Canada from the United States. That's not the case. 
the Canadian federal government is going ahead with the mandate for truckers and all essential workers that cross the border between Canada and the United States. That they're not exempt. And including American truckers who cross into Canada from the United States also will have to provide proof of vaccination. And the only way of doing that is through the Canada Arrive app. And that's not just for truckers or essential workers. That's all for foreign nationals from anywhere around the world who are not Canadian. Now, the other thing here, ladies and gentlemen, you know, whether we're mandating it in the trucking industry or they're mandating it in corporations, for employees to be fully vaccinated. And not just on the general public, the general public, you know, if you're not working in the medical field, if you're not working in the trucking industry, if you're not working in the auto industry, you know, majority of the places aren't mandating it for all employees to be vaccinated in the in, in the workplace. Now, as soon as I can find this article here, which is right here, so making it mandatory for essential workers and truck drivers to be fully vaccinated. Now, and I, and I said before you come on uh, come on the show, I cannot support the unvaccinated for whatever your reasons may be. Inside an ICU where 70% of COVID-19 patients are unvaccinated. 70%. And this is where the Omicron wave is starting to show its worst side inside the ICU at a a Toronto general, which is filling up with critically ill COVID patients and the majority of whom are unvaccinated. There are twice as many COVID-19 patients here than there was weeks ago based on the pace of which we're seeing the phone calls and referrals, we're looking at the the slope having a very steep uptick. So we are preparing ourselves for an increase of numbers of people who are seeking their support in that hospital. Now, some hospitals are not seeing such a high percentage of unvaccinated cases, but part of this 
is that unvaccinated patients are more likely to have severe cases and thus are, move, are, are more likely to have been transferred to hospitals like the Toronto General that is equipped for the care of the worst ICU cases. And the sick patients in the ICU are younger. 20s, 30s, and 40s of the young, i.e. younger than me, I'm 58. I'm triple vaxxed and I had COVID. It helped keep me out of the hospital. Now, when you, you know, (laughs) 70% of the COVID-19 patients are unvaccinated. Unbelievable. You're clogging up our hospitals and you're clogging up our ICUs because why? Because you're pigheaded, because you're ignorant, because you're selfish, because you don't give a shit. Those are the only reasons I can think of, of why you're not vaccinated. Now, for people out there, you know, I don't care what country you live in, you know, um, another one here, you know, you're going to find this, um, you know, pretty, um, pretty alarming here. As soon as I pull this up here, sometimes when I mark these things, for some reason, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, um, show it's marked, but anyways, it's right here. So it only takes me like a couple seconds to get it on up here. So here is what is going on in the. United States. Now, one statement here, it's a pretty powerful statement. Omicron variant will find just about everybody. But vaccinated people will stare, will, will still fare better. Don't be naive. Don't think for one second that you won't get COVID. Throughout this entire pandemic, for most of it, I've, you know, avoided not getting it. I never said that I wouldn't. I never told myself that I wouldn't get COVID. 
Because I'm not naive like that. I may not got all the symptoms that a lot of people might end up getting. Having a sore throat, having a cough, having the upper uh, respiratory um, clogginess, I tested positive for COVID. Where other people, they had headaches, they had fever, they had body aches, they had chills, they had the cough, they had the congestion. They've had all these symptoms all at once. And I had a sore throat, a cough, and being plugged up, sinuses all plugged up, ears plugged and I have, and I had COVID. Now, those who are not vaccinated are going to get the brunt of the severe aspects of COVID. Across the United States, at least one in five eligible Americans, roughly 65 million people, are not vaccinated against COVID-19. More than 62% of the country has been fully vaccinated, but only 23% are fully vaccinated and boosted. Now, as we move down this article, it is going to talk about this is a staggering number. I'm not surprised by this number, it is probably even higher. More than 145,900 people or in U.S. hospitals with COVID-19 as of Tuesday. A number that surpasses the previous peak from mid-January 2021 uh, from 142,246 and almost twice what it was two weeks ago. And this hospitalization record comes amid a surge in the case fueled by the highly transmissible Omicron variant. And in the United States is averaging more than 754,200 new COVID cases daily over the past week. And I bet it's a million. I bet it's over a million. The country has averaged 1,650 COVID-19 deaths a day over the past week. Not a week, not a month, not a year, 
1650 a day. Deaths a day for the past week in the United States. The Omicron variant caused 98.3% of new corona cases in the United States last week. And the United States put us, puts Canada into a, core, a, a code four and, and say, don't travel to Canada because the high rate of transmission in Canada. Are you flipping kidding me right now? What I just told you here? No, we should be putting the United States at level 10 and don't travel to the United States, period. Absolutely ridiculous. In Virginia, declared a limited state emergency Monday after the number of intensive care unit hospitals more than doubled since December the 1st. In Texas, at least 2,700 medical staffers are being hired, trained, and deployed to assist with the surge, joining more than 1,300 personnel already sent across the state. Kentucky has mobilized the National Guard to perform support with 445 members sent to 30 healthcare facilities in that state alone. And if the spread at this rate that you're seeing in the United States, and it is certainly going to fill up the hospitals, he said. They have 134 adult ICU beds available. That's all they got left. How fast do you think that's going to fill up? I'm so sick and tired, ladies and gentlemen. I'm tired. I'm fed up. I'm frustrated. The unvaxxed, you don't have the right to bitch and complain about anything. If you don't like the rules, too goddamn bad. See, here in Ontario, Canada, and and across the country, you know, before... They, they decided that, you know, we needed to back off here. We needed to put some restrictions back in place. So when we were able to dine in restaurants, go to the gym, go to the movie theaters, go to sporting events, concerts, <clears throat> got to have proof of vaccination. You have to download that proof of vaccination or have a a legitimate copy of that proof of vaccination in order to do that. 
If you were not vaccinated, you could not dine in a restaurant. You could not go to the gym. You could not go to the movie theaters. You could not go to concerts. You could not go to sporting events. And that's going to be remain in place when some of these restrictions are lifted, hopefully by January the 23rd. We're not going to see any changes until we see our ICU numbers come down. And the hospital, you know, people being admitted to the hospital, we're not going to see, we're not going to make any changes until those numbers subside. Over 3,500 people are in hospital. And just over 500 are, are in the ICU. That's just in Ontario. That's just in Ontario, Canada. We've never seen those numbers that high throughout this entire pandemic. But this strain, this variant, is just as easy to catch as the common cold. Vaccinated or not. And what's going to save you and what's going to save your life is the vaccine. It's going to potentially, hopefully, keep you out of the hospital, keep you out of the ICU. We got CRISPR on the line here. Thank you for joining me. Why don't you call in there, CRISPR? I haven't talked to you for a little while. Now, what I'm reading you here is uh, what's going on in the United States is just staggering. It's just mind boggling. Mandating Mandating vaccines for truckers isn't punishment because you got to cross the border into the United States and come back into Canada. You're not exempt because you're a trucker. The federal government, because we are regulated by the federal government, they're mandating. just like other big corporations in this country are mandated that people be fully vaccinated. Can they make it mandatory on the general public? Well, the province of Quebec is trying to do just that. Call it a health tax or call it a punishment tax. On the, on the unvaccinated in the province of Quebec. Now, the premier of Quebec has opened up a whole can of worms here. You can't say you're going to do something as punishment or whatever the case may be and not go through with it. That's just like if your kids are acting up and you're going to say you're going to take their video games away from them and then not do it. 
Well, what does that tell you? Kids are just going to continue to act up. Oh, you're not going to take that away from me. You're just all talk. Well, we're going to see if, if the premier of Quebec puts his money where his mouth is. And how is he going to ride that line to what is unlawful and what is lawful on an opposing a tax on the unvaccinated. And he's not talking $50, $100, or $200. He's talking a substantial amount of money. And it could be up to like $500 until you decide to get a jab in the arm. And we'll wait to see what happens. We're trying to get our kids back to school. Starting this Monday. Every kid is going to be sent home with two rapid tests. Each kid. I hope they get it right this time because we, we know how the story goes here in Ontario. Kids get back into class for a couple weeks, maybe three weeks. Things are out of control. Huge outbreaks. Well, I'm going to put the kids back on online learning. You know, parents are not going to be notified of any outbreaks in their child's school. Not until at least it hits at least 30%. So if you have a thousand people in that building, teachers and students, that means it would have to hit 300 cases in that school before any action will be taken. Changes to policy when it comes to children, you know, um, you know, if they have the sniffles or they got a cough or combination of both. If you have a sibling that goes to the school with you, then, you know, you're, you're a cohort. So your brother or sister will have to come home whether he or she is showing any symptoms and you'd have to isolate. Now for the sniffles, yeah, they're talking about 24 to 48 hours, you know, before you can return back to school. Now, Wait to see if he comes on here. Hello there. How you doing? I'm doing good. Long time no see. Yeah, long time no speak or see. Yeah, long time speak or see. Yeah. Yeah. I just so know you're talking about the schools and the students and 
all that stuff. You know, as you realize, I work in the industry. Yes. Yeah. So this week I was back at work because the spec ed kids um, had a choice to go back a week earlier. Their parents had the option to send their uh, spec ed, meaning special education. Yes. Um, my only concern with that was, um, and no disrespect to the students themselves, but they know less about not touching, not doing this, not doing that, than mainstream. Mm -hmm. Right? They are going to put their hands in their mouth. They're going to touch stuff. I'm a school bus driver, so um, I have to clean my bus twice a day. Mm -hmm. So I have to clean it in, uh, in the morning after I drop off my high school, and then I have to clean it again after I drop off my public school. Um, they say to only clean uh, most touch areas, but I do everything um, internally in the bus, the seat belts, the poles, the, even my area, the steering wheel, the, the shifter, whatever I've touched. Yeah, so you, so, so you give the seats a, a wipe down and, and stuff like that as well then? Uh, no. Here's the thing. I do wipe them down, but policy is to spray them only. Oh, I see. We have a disinfectant, and you just spray down the seats with it with a mist spray. Mm -hmm. um, I wipe it. I they, they don't really want us to do it. They said, then you're spreading germs. I don't understand how you're spreading germs. You're wiping off when you spray on the disinfectant. It's just my choice. That's what I do personally. Okay, yeah. That's a good idea. But back to the spec ed. I don't think that the spec ed's kids should have went back before the mainstream. Like, here's an example. I go over to a, school, a high school because right this week I had one student. That's all I had this week was one student. Because I was the only student that the parent decided that they were going to send them to school. So I have four students and only one went. When I pull up to the school all this week, there was a grand total of three students that were going into the school all week. Three out of a school that holds 1,200. Mm. So there was a minivan by me that came, picked them up and it had two students and my one student off my bus. So in a mm -hmm. school that fairly large, there were three students in the entire school. Okay. Well, here, um, you know, for um, some of the things that, you know, even parents, you know, will need to know, um, will my child be um, core hoarding? And the Minister of Education, Stevie Lisi, said time limited core hoarding will be introduced to reduce direct and indirect contacts between children. So, yeah. you know, that's so, you know. To, to, if children come from the same household and one has symptoms, and I mean, let's be, let's be honest, the symptoms now have been narrowed down to what could be a common cold. Mm-hmm. You know, but you don't know if you had it. And now people are saying, well, I think that we're all going to get COVID eventually. So, 
Well, I got a, I got a news flash for you. You want to hear it? I think I already know. What do you know? I I now know somebody that contracted COVID nineteen. Who's that? My brother. Which one? Ron. And myself. Right, because you were in the same household. That's right. And Trevor. And Trevor, right. So yeah. it happens, right? So uh, it's not something that's... I'll tell you my symptoms, Chris. My symptoms, my symptoms was a sore throat, a cough, and congestion nasal congestion, and I tested positive. Those and, are my symptoms. Uh, what are we on now? We were, we're, we're what, a couple weeks from away from past Christmas now? Mm-hmm. Uh, Windsor and Jordan went down to their dads, came back, and they were sick. So Jordan, girl Jordan, you know, she works in a retirement home. Mm-hmm. She gave them a rapid test because she can administer rapid tests uh, to her immediate family. Yeah, you can do it yourself. And, no, but she has them at her place of work and she can sign them out. Okay. And they tested negative. Okay. Well, then Krista got sick. Then I got sick. Like, very sick. Mm-hmm. And, again, a rapid test. Mm-hmm. Tested negative. Really? I was, like, I was one of the, of all the people in the house, I was one of the sickest. Test, my chest hurt, coughing. You got a false positive somehow. False negative. Yeah, so, Ron... He, on the third, um, Amber had an extra, uh, an extra COVID kit, rapid test. <laughs> he tested positive on the third. So right there, that put me in quarantine with him, right? Because that's the rules. Anybody living in the same household, someone comes down with COVID, that means the whole household has to quarantine. Right. Right. And I started feeling symptoms. Oh, I don't know. I probably kind of probably kind of had symptoms on, on like on Sunday, but I didn't really chalk it up to anything, you know? And then I did, I did the rapid test on the, uh, the fifth, the Wednesday, and I tested negative, but I'm telling you, I, my, my throat was just as, as raw as freaking sandpaper. I didn't have a raw, you know? Yeah. But then Thursday, Trevor did a rapid test. He tested positive. I was able to uh, get a, a PCR test. I did that on Friday, and I knew. I mean, there. I knew that there was no possible way that I would test negative for COVID, being in the same household with two people who tested positive. There's no way that I, I would not have. COVID. There's just like, there's no, you know, I could not escape it. Right? I tested positive. You were in the incubator. Yeah, I I tested positive. Right. 
So there it goes. But with the with the rapid test, I mean, you gotta you gotta really you know take that swab, and I really gotta swab your nostrils really good, you know, in order to get a good solid viral, you know, on that swab, you know, to you know to uh, to get you know a, a test out of it. I mean, I got an email today from the uh, STS, which is our governing uh, school bus transportation, that the proposed date of return to school is the 17th. Mm -hmm. But the teachers union of southwestern Ontario is advising their teachers through a meeting to not show up. That could be a problem. Because that would be, that would almost be like, you know, that's probably, that's probably coming from the, the, uh, the teacher's union. And that's okay. where that's coming. Yeah, that's where it's union, coming. Yeah. Yeah. Is advising their teachers not to show up. They can't just not show up. They have to show up. <clears throat> because the it, government will... The because against going back too soon and there was an outline saying well like you were referring to earlier we are going to be in and then shortly after we are going to be back out and probably not back in until march break that's that's well we we've seen we've seen this happen across ontario right we've, we've seen this throughout this whole pandemic that's what has taken place right so but even with the teachers union, I mean, they, they come out here, they, they come out and they say all kinds, uh, all kinds of stuff and stuff like that. The teachers, they have to show up on Monday. The government will mandate it and they will force them into the classrooms. The teachers union can say whatever they want to say, right? Teachers have to show up. I was reading right. an article just before I came onto your broadcast. Uh, I'm not sure where, but they've sent out uh, letters to parents asking parents, whoever's available, to come in on a voluntary basis and help with primary, like grades JK, SK, and grade one in the classroom because they are fearing a shortage of drivers across southwestern shortage of teachers across southwestern Ontario. That's that's what they're they're asking if 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 the if that happens that they'll they're just asking parents, you know, if they're available, not necessarily that they have to come in, if that they're available to come in to assist if that takes place, you know, so like I said, you know, I mean, the, the, the Board of Education, the, the, the government is not going to notify parents if a child has tested positive in your classroom or in your school. They're right. not going to know, they're not even going to potentially notify parents until, it, until at least that it's at 30% in that school. So like I said, if you have combined students and teachers of a thousand people in that, in that public school, 30% come down with COVID, 
then they might notify everybody. Well, then that, that's a major outbreak. That's a ma- Oh, that's a major outbreak. That's 300 people. That's a quarter of your school. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to, um, um, you know, with the rapid test, um, they'll, they'll be handing out um, two COVID rapid tests to each student and staff members when in-person learning uh, returns on, on, on the Monday. So like 3.9 million rapid antigen tests will be distributed uh, first to staff and child care of public school children, um, children, uh, child care settings, and students in public elementary schools, and then followed by the secondary schools. So like 3.9 million of those rapid antigen tests will be handed out two per kid. So if you got a couple kids in your family, you're gonna have four kids. Now the government, uh, the federal government was sending out something like 145 million of these antigen rapid tests. But 119 million were going to hospitals, nursing homes, retirement homes. Now we got 3.9 million going to the schools, but what about the rest of the general population? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what are we going to do? People can't get their hands on a rapid test. We have no way of knowing how many people in the general public that has COVID-19. And I'm not talking about the people in the hospitals because they know that number. Right? They don't know the number in the general public because we stopped counting, because we can't trace it. And people like myself and others who had very mild symptoms or very, not even, I wouldn't even say, well, I wouldn't go as far as mild, but enough that I had COVID. How many more people out there, just like myself, who had a sore throat, a cough, and, and nasal congestion, the what I had and test positive for COVID. How many people do we have in, in, in the community that has those symptoms? You know, other people had had a fever, a headache, body aches, chills, vomiting, diarrhea. You know, and others are not getting and, and you know others are not getting all those symptoms. So how many more do we have out there in society? who just has this three or four symptoms or less and potentially are positive. Well, back in the day, we attributed it to having a, a cold or the flu. Yeah, I mean, the flu hasn't been around for a couple years. Well, that's what COVID is. It's a form of the flu. No, it's not a form of the flu. It's different than the flu. The flu hasn't killed so many people as it has did it as it did back in the in, in, in the 19, uh, uh, 1918, 1920, when it killed 50 million people around the world. Well, the flu didn't go away. It didn't just disappear. No, it, it didn't. It didn't go away. But they didn't have vaccines at that time, neither. No, but you just right? said that the flu. We haven't had the flu in a while. The flu's not gone away. No, it's not gone away. There's just no trace. There's just has been very little traces of it. I think in the entire province of Ontario, I think we've had probably six cases that they determined was the flu. 
but it's not gone away. Of course, it, 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 the flu isn't going away. And, you know, I mean, don't take my word for it. I mean, this is something that we're probably going to just have to uh, uh, adapt to and live with like we have the flu. You know, but when I read off numbers like I read off earlier going on in the United States at over 750,000 cases a day, and we're talking, that was like last week. I mean, we're talking you're in the millions. You got over 150,000 people in hospitals. And the United States puts a code four on Canada and say don't tra- don't travel to Canada because the high rate of, tra- uh, of, uh, of transmitting the virus in Canada. Now you need to take a look in your own backyard of what's going on there. And right now, 75% of the patients in the hospital that they transferred from other hospitals to the to the uh, the Toronto uh, the the, uh, the 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 one Toronto hospital that is better equipped to deal with uh, COVID patients in ICU seventy five percent in the ICU in, in the Toronto General Hospital are unvaccinated. Hmm. Unvaccinated. And we're talking people are in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. Staggering numbers. It's a staggering number. We got 3,500 people in hospital, Chris. And we're going to say 500, 500 of them are in the ICU. I know. And we're going to send our kids back to school. Right. And that's just, and you know, when we get numbers like that, that's when they turn around. That's when they impose more instructions on us right now. Right. Because we don't have any indoor dining. You can't go to the gym. You can't go to the movie theaters. No fans in the stands. Well, they can if they wanted to, but there's no fans in the stands. You know, even with the London Knights here in London, they if they played in London, there's no fans because they, they opted out of having that reduced that that reduced capacity because even even if, if even if that arena went down to you know 500 people there was no food or drinks to be served so what would be what would even be the point of even having fans in the stands well they've closed restaurants for indoor dining yeah that's right yeah so yeah gyms are closed I went movie to theaters are closed I went to a restaurant. They had the outdoor dining. That's allowed. That they had the big tent. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've ever, you've probably seen them. Some people have them at their weddings with the windows on the side of them. Yes. Uh, the heat inside. Yes. What's the difference? Well, they have to have, it has to be open. On, it, ha- it has to be open on one end. It has to be open. Was it open. can't be. It can't be closed. It can't be like a like you know like the tents you're talking about. It just has the windows on the side, and they have a little flap to come in and out with the heater space in there. No, that's not allowed. The whole what, one what end of it, it. The whole one end of it has to be wide open. Yeah, well, you could do that in a restaurant. Just leave the door open. That's not enough. <laughs> I just, you know what I mean, though. 
I know, but it's not enough. You're eating outside. You got a heater in there. You're completely covered out of the elements. Well, you know the whole. Well, you know the thing too is that you you have to you have to be fully vaccinated in order to dine in a restaurant, right? You have to have you have to have proof that you're fully vaccinated to to dine in. Me and the wife went down to Niagara with our cousin uh, about a month ago. And we went to a restaurant. I won't name the restaurant because I don't, I'm not doing that. And two people got arrested. Really? Because they were at the, in the line and me and Krista and as you know, Jeff, you know, Jeff. Mm-hmm. We all had our COVID stuff out, our our uh, our ID and our uh, passport. Yeah, your proof of vac- your proof, proof of vaccination. Vaccine had it ready, so when they could look at it, and two people from the same party were were arrested because they made a stink about having to show their or it wasn't the right one or something. They didn't have the right one. Didn't. And they're like, this is the right one. It shows. And they made, and they were, they ended up, they were throwing things around. Okay. That's just ridiculous, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, so then, the, yeah, you're going to get thrown out. You're going to, the police are going to be called and you're going to be charged with a disturbance call and, you know, just nonsense like that. You know, uh, you know, your, your vaccine, your vaccine, uh, the QR code. Um, even when you when you get your booster, it, it's going to update it that you have uh, two vaccines plus the booster, right? So it's going to show three vaccine three vaccines uh, on, on when when you get your booster when they send you that update, right? right. So your QR code is, is going to show that you're vaccinated. It's not going to tell them, you know, what you got or anything else like that, but. You know, you still have to provide it, right? You still have to provide your name, but you can't be, people can't be going, like you say, you know, people can't be going into restaurants and if something is a mess or not right, you know, you don't throw a tantrum. Right? Because that's just going to get you tossed out and potentially the police be called and you're charged with a, with a nuisance call, a disturbance call. I had a nice meal, though. Well, yeah, you a lot of entertainment going on. <laughs> yeah, so I can't read this name on here. I wish I could read this name on here. It's just something. Just huh? something. Just something. I don't know. Is it like just, just, just Jen? I don't know. Oh, that, that is. I don't know. Right I can't in. read. Welcome to right in. Yeah, right in. Type in what your actually name, what your what your name says. It says just something. Oh, oh, just C. Okay, all right. I see. Just using the fancy letters and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm not. I mean, it's a personal choice. I got both vaccines. Yeah. I'm not getting the booster. Well, that's fine. I mean, you're fully vaccinated. You consider. You're considered fully vaccinated unless, you know, unless things change in the in the government, you know, like we if we get enough people who's got the booster and then the government turns around and says, well, you have to have the booster in order to be considered fully vaccinated. Well, that's going to change things. 
I mean, the owner may. But I don't see them doing that. I don't see them doing that. I think, I think, you know, if you got, you, you, you went and you got vaccinated, you got either both Pfizer or both Moderna, or you got Moderna and Pfizer, it doesn't matter, right? You're still considered fully vaccinated. I don't see that changing, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and, and you know, we're not going to have these, these, uh, these vaccine mandates, you know, for a prolonged period of time, right? Until we get to the point that the government, you know, and the top health officials in this country can call this an endemic, you know, and don't quote me on this, but that may happen, you know, late spring, you know, because like I say, I mean, it's going through the communities. It's good. Chris is, it's reaching as far North in Canada as you can get for civilization. So you know how this is spreading, right? So eventually, you know, vaccinated or not vaccinated, you know, it's going to become a herd immunity in one form or another. Just like the just like the influenza did, you know, from 1918, 1920, and in, in the Spanish flu outbreak, it. it it, it had to become a herd immunity because there's no other way of stopping it. So eventually, you know, I would not be too surprised. I mean, they, you know, when they were trying to keep up with counting numbers, which they, you know, which probably wasn't, you know, as close as they, they like expecting them to be because I, I mean, they can't even test everybody. So like I said, I said, you know, you have a sore throat, you have a cough, and you have uh, nasal congestion. Chalk it up as COVID. If you can't get a, get your hands on a, a, a rapid test, chalk it up that you've got COVID. Those were my symptoms, and I tested positive. Simple as that. So it's going through. It's going through everybody. And everybody is going to get it differently. But eventually it's going to be an endemic. So these mandates that, you know, when it comes to vaccine passports in order to go to a dining and restaurant, stuff like that, that's all going to come to a stop. At some point in time. So uh, Manitoba, I think it was, they they turned around and uh, it, <laughs> The health, the health officials there in Manitoba are saying we're just going to have to learn to live with it. They're not mandating anything else. They're just right. saying I this is something that to, we're just going to have. We're just going to have to live with it. I think we. I think we need to stop the mandate. You know what we need to do is just you know we got to take care of the most vulnerable people in society, right? We got, you know, people with compromised immune systems, people, uh, the elderly, you know, uh, whether they're in a retirement home or a nursing home, or they're able to, they're still, you know, in their late 80s and they're still be able to live at home and stuff like that. We got to protect those, those people, right? But we still, we still have a responsibility as a, as a society 
to look out for one another. We've always had that. We have always had that responsibility to make sure people are, are, are safe and we're supposed to be doing the right things when we're out in public and, you know, we're supposed to be driving accordingly to the rules of the road and that sort of stuff. You know, we have to look out for one another, right? Until we get these numbers down from our hospitals in the ICUs, because it's not old people in the hospital in the ICUs suffering from COVID. It is 20, 30, and 40-year-olds 40, 40 right now, 50-year-olds, unvaccinated people. And how do we get them on board with everybody else? They can do, they can, well, with the premier of Quebec imposing a health tax or call it a punishment tax on people who are unvaccinated in Quebec, or we offer some other sort of incentive, incentive, right? But I say we've done, we, we have been more accommodating than anything for people to get vaccinated. And until we're 90% vaccinated, you're not going to see any changes in, 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 in uh, company policies and corporations to have their, their people vaccinated. And you're not going to see really a much of a change. And, you know, when it comes to restrictions, we're going to keep going back and forth until we at least hit that 90%. And we're not quite there yet. We're not quite there. We're close, but not close enough. I still have friends that are going to Mexico next week. Well, you know, that's, you know, the government, has, you know, they know that there's an advisory. There's always been a travel advisory. We suggest that you don't travel because you don't know what's going to happen in the country that you go to. Right. They may all of a sudden while you're there have a major outbreak and you're screwed. They got insurance, COVID insurance, and they're good. Yeah, that's fine, but you're screwed. Right? If you test positive in that country, you got insurance, that's wonderful. Because you you may or may not need uh, need any medical attention, but you can't leave that country for 14 more days. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is and you're not going to be you're not going to be in that five star hotel neither. They're going to move you down to a one star hotel. Well, I know that's what they're going to do with you. You heard you heard about you heard about that big party plane back on the thirtieth of December. Yeah, the Sunwing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, only twenty seven people have made it back so far. Thirty people tested positive. So they're stuck down there in Cancun, Mexico. They're not in that same hotel that they were, that, you know, from this sponsor or whatever like that. They're not in that big elaborate hotel. There's a 19-year-old girl down there saying she's been moved from hotel to hotel. She's in a one-star hotel. So, <laughs> and, this is at, and this is at your own expense after that. You know, you did your, you did your exclusive. All ex, all get exclusive them back trip. here and get them back here and yeah. put them in. Can Air, Air Canada, uh, 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 Transat, and, and Sunwing um, are refusing to go get them. 
I know, and that's ridiculous. I think it's funny. I think it's absolutely hilarious that they're not going to go do it and serve some damn right. No, but you need to bring them back. Put them in quarantine here. You don't no, leave that's their problem. Why, why should we bow down to that sort of behavior and, and bring their sorry asses back here and give them a slap on the wrist, put them in quarantine and say, don't you ever do that again, you know, because next time we won't come and get you. No, you saw what they were doing and they deserve what they're getting. And when they get back here and if there's any other punitive charges that can be placed on him, the federal government is going to charge them. And that asshole Atwal or whatever his name is, he doesn't seem to get it. He even thinks that the airline should be apologizing to him. The airlines were going to bring them back, but the only thing they, one thing that they couldn't agree on was the airlines that says we're not feeding them any food on the way home. I mean, you're going to starve for five hours? I mean, you're going to die in five hours because you didn't have anything to eat? So the that, that sponsor or that promoter, oh, I'm not agreeing to that. I'll agree to the other other conditions, but I'm not going to agree that they won't be they won't be um, uh, fed any food on a five hour flight. So the so Air Canada and Transat and, and Sunwing said, "All right, well they can stay there then. They can find their own way back here. If they come back on American Airlines, they don't care. They know who was on that plane. So when they come back to Canada, they are going to be held." And serves the right. I mean, I watched the video. I saw what was going on there. Who in the hell does that on an aircraft at 30,000 feet? Jumping up and down on the seats, partying and dancing in the middle of the aisle, vaping on an airplane, passing bottles of liquor around. Who in the hell does that? I guess these, the, I guess these big corporate people, you know, I, I guess the, I don't know, the influencers and some actors of, of Quebec and stuff like that. Who the fuck do they think they are? You know, they think that you're going to do this. You're going to get away with it. You, you think your shit don't stink? No, absolutely not. No, the punishment that they're going to get, they're going to deserve it. And like I said earlier on my show, I said, I cannot, I cannot, and I will not support the unvaccinated. Unless you have absolute proof of why you can't be vaccinated, that you've got some sort of medical exemption, which is going to be very difficult to get, very difficult to get. Other than that, I will not support it. I will not support you one little bit if you're unvaccinated. I just don't, I don't get that thinking, honestly. I, I, I don't see how, look, for me, anybody that has like a rational mind and, and has really looked at the situation knows that these drugs were pushed through. Um, also the, the mRNA yeah. that's in them, the guy who, the guy who made, you know, the guy who's responsible for the mRNA technology has literally said that no one should get this shot. So I, why would you ever want to put that in your body? Why would you want to put that misinformation out there? It's not misinformation. Why? You it can look it up right now. You get that from Donald Trump? Are you fucking kidding me right now? I don't think so. Stop spreading the misinformation. 
Stop spreading the misinformation. Can you tell me? Can you tell me how it's misinformation? Listen, these are top scientists around the world that are the guy who made the shot, who the guy who created the technology for the shot is there the guy who made people. it. He's the there he's the he's the main one. He says there was nothing. not one man. There was not one man that did this. Whatever. You know, see what I mean, Chris? I mean, this fucking idiot doesn't even know what he's talking about. One man telling you he made the MNRA and then he's telling you not to take it? Where do you come up with that bullshit? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Have a nice night. Jesus Christ. You know, where, where do you even come up with that? Where do you even come up with that? You come up with it on the... Uh, the misinformation propaganda. channel? Yeah, the propaganda. Yeah, the propaganda channel, like Channel One? You must listen to Channel One in the United States or wherever he's calling from and, and tell him that all this mi misinformation... You know, maybe he should maybe he should go on the Joe Rogan show. You know, Joe Rogan will love to have people like him on his show. You know, you hear about that lately? You know, the, the, the guest that he on 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 his show and Joe Rogan himself, you know, during his episodes, he's told young people and healthy people not to get the vaccine and, and everything else, and you know, because the vaccine is is just made up propaganda and all this bullshit. That's coming out of Joe Rogan's mouth. And then there, there, uh, you know, top officials around the uh, around the country and doctors around the country, you know, are are um, sending letters off to Spotify, and basically saying that you know, stop spreading the misinformation. Stop allowing this mis misinformation to be spread. And one man, it wasn't one man who come up with the M, the MNRA. There were several doctors. There's actually even a Canadian doctor involved, and they were they were studying this over ten years ago. It wasn't one man, and and the person or or whatever individual involved in this coming up with these MNRA uh, vaccines did not say don't take the vaccine because that would just be. That, that would just be ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm going to kick you off because you, I'm not, I'm already just disagreeing with you. You're spreading misinformation. That's why I kicked you off. It's plain and simple. You're going to come on the show, you're going to call in, and you're going to make up some elaborate story that some doctor or scientist who come up with this MNRA is, is saying that it's garbage, it's no good, don't take the vaccine. That is such bullshit. You know, I don't go on propaganda websites to find out bullshit like that. Simple as that, my friend. Your show is going long. Because, <laughs> because I'm soft? <laughs> oh, I'm not soft. That's why I kicked you off. Your show's That's going longer today, sir. 
Yeah, it is going longer, Yeah, Sometimes it ends about, you know, an hour, 15 minutes and stuff like that. But um, no, really, honestly, people, if you can't come up with any real facts about something, you know, don't bother. You know, don't try to throw the misinformation or the propaganda my way because I'm not naive and I'm not going to fall for the bullshit. Simple as that. I'm not a Donald Trump follower, believe me. Honest to God. The elections were stolen. I'm not a liar. <laughs> I'm fucking real. You know, no, you need to get your information straight is what you need. Honest to God. Jeez, go talk to a, a disease and infectious doctor, a real one. Okay, don't stop talking to Donald Trump for Christ's sakes. Jesus Christ. Honestly, people. Anyways, that's what makes for a good show. Have yourself a nice night. Anyways, he says he likes the show. Thank you for liking the show. Thank you for all the likes, Jesse. Thank you. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, you know, one thing that you don't want to do is get me fired up over this shit. I'll tell you that right now. Ah, it's all propaganda. Yeah, it's all propaganda. There it's you go. Fake. It's all control for the government to sneak control. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now they're watching us everywhere. Oh, I know. Look at your cell phone, man. They're following you. You know, when you walk over the... No, yeah. we got. Oh, yeah. I had someone oh, when I got my shot that I got a microchip put in my arm. Yeah, you probably did. Yeah, you probably did. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't that, know. Can... I'm on camera probably I don't know four or five hundred times a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They can just look at my phone and tell where I was. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not worried about the park microchip in my arm. I'll tell you that. No, I know the GPS on your on your phone. There, they can they can pinpoint exactly where you're standing. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Crazy show, Doug. Crazy show, man. Yeah, it's crazy show. Sometimes it gets really crazy out here, you know, but that's okay because that's part of the show. But uh, like I said, I will not I will not tolerate misinformation, right? Because I can easily look that up. And I will look that up afterwards on the show, and I'll be back out tomorrow night. And if you want to come on, just see, I will I will read I will read you the riot act. I'll be more than happy to do that for you. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, you have yourself a nice night. It's 921 in the in the evening here in Ontario, Canada. This show started just after 8 p.m. So yeah, it did run, you know, about another 18 minutes longer than it should have. But anyways, you know, that's the way it is sometimes on this show. You know, I mean. I let it run as long as I wanted to to uh, let it run, and um, you know, people stay on the show and listen, and, and that's fine. That's great, and I thank you for doing that. Thank you for calling in, Chris. Thank you for calling in, Jesse, and uh, we'll just see about what you said. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, take care, and uh, we'll uh, talk again, and I will be back out. Uh, Tomorrow morning, approximately about the same time, about um, 8 p.m.
This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Take care, be safe, behave, and thank you.